Our first guest tonight is a former floatist and a phenomenally successful author from the south side of Chicago. This is her newest number one bestseller, The Light We Carry, Overcoming in Uncertain Times. Please welcome Michelle Obama. <laughs> I like it. You got the flowers. Is that a you white know, lotus flower you have there? Do you I, watch that you know, show? Uh, yeah, I do. You I do. do but yeah. I haven't watched the finale. Oh, I so won't say Everyone, anything. Quiet. I won't say anything at all. <laughs> I, I hate to jump right into it, but I am going to jump right okay, into it. Because in the book, mm -hmm. speak, your husband, Barack Obama, the former president, that you're guy. familiar with mm -hmm. him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. He says that you watch too much lowbrow TV, he thinks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think he watches too much Sports Center. So <laughs> I think we're even there. I, I keep telling him it's the same thing Real Housewives and the NBA. Do you watch same The Real Housewives? Is that a series? Of course. You do. Which is the best city? You know, they all have their specialness. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, Atlanta gets me going. Um, Beverly Hills, they're a little wacky. And does he wander in the living room and go, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's like, what is? he doesn't understand. What's the last thing you watched together? <laughs> the last thing we watched together... Uh, it was probably sports. Golf is always on. I know. You will watch I mean, golf with him? Well, that's we, love. it's it's um, it's it's background ambiance. I see. Yeah, I see. it is. He'll sit there and watch the uh, watch golf. It's usually on silent, and he's doing something else. It's his background. It's to, his uh, golf is like HGTV to me. I see. I see. You know, it's just you just love the sound of people finding nice homes and <laughs> you know looking at tray ceilings and all that it's just a good, it's soothing it blocks out all the the worries of the day i get it after um 8 years i'm sure very very busy days and nights in the white house yeah do you guys ever find yourself just sitting in the your house your mm -hmm. home just looking at each other <laughs> going huh yeah, we do that you a do. lot. There are boring we times. Do. Oh, there are tons of boring times, which we love. You love boring times, yeah, we, sure. We need, after eight years in the White House, you want desperately to have. We celebrate the boring times. We look at each other and go, what are you doing? Nothing. <laughs> We're like, yes! <laughs> do, you, do you personally decorate the house for Christmas? Um, I am big into Christmas, and I like lots of Christmas decorations. We usually spend Christmas in Hawaii. That's been our tradition. Right. And so because we're headed there, the trees are being put up. But I'm looking at everything going, one more this, one more there, one more wreath. I love Christmas. I love poinsettias everywhere. So, yes, lots you, of... You go to the Home Depot and get, like, a flat of them? Or, uh... No. <laughs> I, can't, I can't say you I've can't been do at that Home kind of thing. Depot I see. in a while. But... When you... <laughs> when you go to Hawaii, yeah, which you like going to Hawaii? Uh, duh. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you met anyone that doesn't like who no, has not really. been to Hawaii? No. It's, yeah, it's people beautiful. love going to Hawaii, and yeah, yeah you're yeah. fortunate. That's yeah. why I married Barack. <laughs> <laughs> he was from Hawaii. I was like, yeah, you're kind of cute. A little beard's a little big, and you're from where? <laughs> I think I love you. <laughs> 
You were uh, right about the first time you went to, it was a Christmas trip, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, the, the, after the first summer where we officially started dating, and he wanted me to come home and meet his family. And I was like, oh, man, I was a second-year associate in, at a law firm uh, in Chicago. Winners in Chicago are deadly dreary. So the thought of leaving my family, who I love, and going to spend Christmas with the love of my life in Hawaii, I was like, sign me up. <laughs> but I had never been to Hawaii, so I had an, an image of what it would be. And the only image I had, though, was of the Brady Bunch visit yes, in Hawaii. Yes, sure, yeah. You know, I mean, it's generational, but that you was... You knew not to pick up an ancient tiki, tiki idol. torch, you know, yeah. but that was the vision that I had. Lays on the beach in Waikiki and some hula dancing and... And so, that's right, by the way. That's not necessarily wrong, is it? Unless you are visiting somebody who grew up there. Ah, interesting. Then it's just going home, which I didn't... I, I, I realized that later. So I'm thinking, oh, we've got to have Mai Tais and long walks on the beach. And we drive in from the airport <laughs> on the highway. We go into the city. I don't see a beach anywhere. I don't see Greg Brady in a... In a <laughs> I see nothing that I was expecting. We drive up to Toot and Gramps' apartment building, which is just like my grandparents' apartment building. I was like, well, this isn't sexy. <laughs> we go up to the 10th floor, and we go into their little apartment, and it's really sweet. Lovely Toot and Gramps. Love them to death. They, they reminded me of my grandparents, their apartment. Looks like a regular apartment. No, you know... No Hawaii anywhere in sight, you know? <laughs> and we did what you do when you visit grandparents. 60 Minutes is on. You know, Gramps made tuna with sweet pickles, and we had sandwiches on TV trays. That was the first day. And I was like, okay, that's cute. You know, he's got a great family just like mine. And we go and stay and come back. Second day, we do that again. <laughs> Third day, more jigsaw puzzle, 60 minutes, and I'm like, dude, where's, where's the romantic stuff? Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I tell the story because it's in the chapter called Partnering Well, that what I saw at that young age, I thought romance and love was my ties and sunsets on the beach, but Barack was showing me that family was important, that he showed up for his family. Mm -hmm. And he continued to show up for our family in the same way. So for all the... Yeah. And now when you go to Hawaii, you, are, you, are you staying, you're going to the family's house, or is that not even possibility? Well, his, his grandparents well, the have grandparents passed. Well, grandparents have passed, sure, um, yeah. No, we have, it's a tradition. We have about five or six family friends who've been going to Hawaii every Christmas. Do any of Barack's old stoner friends um, yeah, uh, from yes. the neighborhood come by? Yes. Yeah. That's the crew. <laughs> but they're no longer, no, nobody's stoning anymore. Everybody's right. responsible. Right. They all have sure. kids. But In Hawaii, been, nobody does yeah, that's any right. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm going to admit here on national TV anyway. Um, Will you buy your gifts in advance and then uh, we open buy them the there? Ship. When the kids were little, we used, to op we used to have two Christmases because Santa was coming. And right. Santa still had to come to the house at the tree that we had. So... We said Santa's gifts are there, and then we brought fewer things to Hawaii, but there was a Santa that came to Hawaii, too. What we do for our kids, too. Yeah. Did you ever, like, I know, obviously not when you're in the White House, but before that, did you ever take the kids to the mall to take oh, a picture, Molly yes, and Sasha, absolutely. on Santa's every, lap? Every, we, we, I am a Christmas mother. We did it all. Which mall would you go to? 
Uh, where would we go? It would change up. Um, we, <laughs> we usually took them to Ala Moana in Hawaii. Okay. Which is, it's a different Santa, you know? Yeah, it's um, like a, be it's a beach Santa. It's a beach Santa. More not, sand than Santa. Not yeah. as chubby. Um, you know, the girls are in their shorts and their little, that's where their Christmas pictures are in Hawaii because we were going there. We've been going there every Christmas except for the Iowa caucuses since they were born. We spent the Iowa caucuses caucusing. Yeah, well, you and, have to. Uh, yeah. So we weren't in Hawaii, but that's what they know Christmas to be. So, yeah, we would go to Ala Moana. They had a Santa in the center of the mall, and we would stand in line, and the kids would see Santa. Did you ever have the elf on the shelf at the White House? No, that wasn't a thing. Okay. When our oh, kids so were lucky. They, so they lucky. had sort of outgrown all of that, but they, they outgrew that sooner than I would have. Liked. Is your husband hard to shop for? He doesn't care about gifts, Yo, you know. So he you does, don't like, get him any? Sometimes we aren't really big gift givers because, oh. you know, uh, like if I get him something, it'll be a golf-related thing because that's what he does. I get if him he a ever shirt. runs short of wrapping paper, does he ever wrap the gifts in top-secret documents he borrowed from the White House? <laughs> we don't have any. You don't have any. And if we had, I guarantee you, my husband would be in somebody's jail by now. <laughs> <laughs> this is, um, when we come back, I want to ask you about the book. And I want to show you something that you haven't seen, and I can't believe you haven't seen it, because we've all seen it. Uh, well, you'll see it in okay, a moment. I Michelle Obama is with us. This is it our book? I have to admit that sometimes going out on the campaign trail feels a little harder than it's used to. Not just because I'm older and grayer. I don't know if y'all heard that. What? I'm, I'm sorry, what'd you say? <laughs> Said I was still fine. I'm not going to tell Michelle you said that. <laughs> Although Michelle does agree. She knows. She knows. She knows. I hadn't seen that. <laughs> I love that you hadn't seen that. But you do know. I heard He's, about it. Yeah, you heard about he it. He came home. That's the first thing he said. I oh, was like, how'd it go? Somebody said I was fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? That's so sweet. <laughs> you don't share stories like that with him, though, do you? Uh, no, 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 of course not. Um, he, doesn't this, need, uh, he doesn't need to know all my business. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this uh, book, it, it, would it be correct to call it uh, like a self-help book in some way? Yeah, it's a, it's a little different than that. It's not like a how-to, but, you know, as I travel across the country, meet with kids and folks, leaders there, they want to ask me, how do you get through stuff? People ask you for advice all the time, On right? all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, dealing with fear, feeling invisible, how you find your voice. I mean, they're just, um, you know, people are trying to figure out how to get through life, and not everybody has a mentor. Not pe People don't always have parents that they feel like they get the kind of advice from. 
So what this book is, is just my offering of the tools that I've developed over the course of my 58 years that help me. You know, it's not intended to be a, this is how it works and these are the three steps to feeling seen. Um, it's still grounded in story, the stories mm -hmm. of my life, the things that still make me afraid and vulnerable. Uh, and I want it to be a conversation because one of the we tools, all have tools. One of the tools is martinis, it seems like, well, um, based on the book. That's the chapter that didn't make it into the book. <laughs> um, but martinis can be a useful tool. They can be useful, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I think that for a lot of people probably, for me, like, you know, like when you talk about your low point as yeah. a parent, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe it was just one of the low points. You have many low points. Last night, my son mm -hmm. um, told me that he wanted a different set of parents because we wouldn't let him have his iPad. But um, <laughs> It's like, I'm, get rid of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're out. But it makes you feel better to know because we just imagine that you've got everything yeah, figured yeah. out. Well, I share one of the stories. I mean, there's a whole chapter called Meet My Mom because my mom is an amazing force in my life. Um, and so much of my parents' wisdom is our make up the tools that I use. And she, of course, wouldn't write a book because my mom says, who cares what I have to think? You know, what, right. what I would say. And I was like, no, mom, a lot of people would. You tried to get your mom to write I, I tried. All right. So this is the closest I could, could get with sort of putting her voice in. Um, but in that chapter, I talk about one of the, her, her um, sort of sayings is parent the child you've got. You know, which as parents, if you have more than one kid, you have a one kid, you think you know what you're doing, and then you try to apply the same thing to the second kid, and it's like, I, I am not a good parent. Right. Um, and so I tell the story of this was during one of the campaigns Barack had been away from home. The kids were supposed to be going to bed. They weren't listening. I lost my cool. I go upstairs, and I'm like, so you don't want to listen to me? Well, I guess I, I just quit. I give up. You don't need a parent, you know. Um, I will just sit. I will hand you your lives. They're like seven and, you know. Yeah, right. They're like eight and four, you know. <laughs> so here are the two different kids. Malia, the oldest, who is compassionate and, you know, pleaser. She says, oh, mommy, no, no, that would be horrible. And she rushes and she goes and brushes her teeth. And I'm going, ooh, ooh, that was a good play. Sasha, who's like three, has her blankie in her arm. She turns and says, great. And she <laughs> marches upstairs to go watch TV. And I said, if you don't get your little butt back down here. They are still those kids. I mean, yeah. Sasha at three Isn't that thought weird? she could handle her life. It was almost like she was saying, finally, this lady is going to get out of my hair and let me run this thing like I know I need to run it. Your mom um, said something great that mm -hmm. you recount in the book, something to the effect of, my job as a, a parent is to, is to be put out of business. Yeah. How exactly did she put it? You know, she wanted to make herself obsolete, and, and which is contrary to how this generation of helicopter parenting works, you know, where we are, like, wiping their noses and, yeah. you know, bringing snacks and scheduling playdates and making sure that they, they, our kids don't experience any hurt or any anxiety. We're waking them up until they're 25. Um, <laughs> my mother's theory was just the opposite. She's like, yeah, I think my parents felt like they couldn't give us wealth. They couldn't, they, they didn't get a college education. We weren't going to get some inheritance. So she had to give us competence and give it to us early. So she gave us alarm clocks in kindergarten. The minute we were going to school, she's like, this is how you use it. 
It's your education. You set it. You get up. You, you know, you work through your, your schedule in the morning. My mom was up, but she was like, you've got to be responsible. This is your education. Then she sent me to walk to school by myself at five. Um, but I tell that story because it's also, it also helped me get um, accustomed to pushing through fears and hesitation earlier. When your parents are telling you, I think you are capable of doing this, you know, it made me feel competent. Mm. And so what one of the things that I say for so many of us who are struggling with fear um, is that it's a tricky emotion because it can keep you safe, but it can keep you stuck if you don't learn how to decode it. Um, if you don't learn to understand what's the fear that's going to keep you safe and what's the fear that you need to push through to get to growth and learning. My parents made us practice our confronting our fears early in life. Unbelievable. And did they learn that from their parents? I think they learned it in the opposite way. Oh, okay. Um, my grandparents, both of my paternal grandparents, were stuck by their fear. Mm. You know, being black men in their era, moving to the North, thinking that they would have expectations of a better life, both of them very smart, but limited by the racism and the, you know, uh, absence of opportunity... That anger, that bitter, bitterness kind of kept them fearful and locked in. So their lives were smaller than they needed to be. And my parents didn't want that for us. They wow. knew that fear could make your world small. And I tell that story throughout the book tour and in the book because fear can do that. Yeah. That's why people use it to manipulate us, to keep us afraid of each other. I can't imagine anyone would ever do anything like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> But my, you know, plea to people is you can always make your world a little bit bigger. Um, and there's always growth and opportunity on the other side of that good fear. Um, so we can't be, we can't let people manipulate us into living small lives and being afraid of each other. Um, we should be uh, very suspicious of that kind of thing. That is fear. great advice. Um... I know you have to get going, but I have I have a little Christmas present for you. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I've got a gift for you, too. Oh, oh I'm so glad you... I almost forgot. Jimmy, I... This is uh, this wonderful homemade jam. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm did giving, you make this? No, no, I didn't, but, oh. you know... <laughs> I just... Our traditions, we try to do things that are personal, small. I just don't... I, you know, I think the big materialistic stuff, it just kind of ruins the spirit of Christmas. Oh. So that I hope you appreciate this uh, delicious homemade uh, jam that I brought for yeah, well, you. It... And... What's the matter? Well, I... Well... What's the I, um... I got you a little something, um, uh, also. Uh, it's, it's also homemade. Um... <laughs> This is... I hope, uh, I hope you like it. It's... What? This is, um... What is this? This is Biggie and this is Tupac. They're ponies. Ponies, Jimmy. I know, I went a little crazy, but I want to... I don't know, you have a lot of stuff. I figured, cute. why not? How am I going to get these to Hawaii? You <laughs> think it's... They're really good swimmers, actually. Well, at least one each for the girls. Yeah, that's right. One each for the girls. Pass Thank them along. So Thank much. you so I, much for being here. It's a lot. And, and also, I'd like to tell our audience tonight that uh, Mrs. Obama has a copy of her book, The Light We Carry, for each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being here.
Merry Christmas. We'll be right back with Mark Marin.